Every single day, these people bully Americans, yell at them, berate them, attack them, force them from their jobs. The country's cowering in silence thanks to people like this, but occasionally somebody fights back, and even more occasionally someone fights back and wins. Have you ever felt a visceral attraction to a politician? There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. I am your voice. Ask yourself if they're really telling the truth. This is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting. This is Subliminally Correct, a podcast where we examine all the ways politicians and newsmakers are using psychological tactics to influence you every single day. And now, join myself, Taylor Sherman, certified hypnosis instructor and executive coach, along with my co-host, Alex Dobranek, political consultant and certified consulting hypnotist, on this episode of Subliminally Correct. And welcome to another episode of Subliminally Correct. Taylor, what do we have up for today? Now, in this episode, we're going to be listening to Fox News primetime host Tucker Carlson as he's going to be breaking down some of what Anthony Fauci has been doing and how he's been getting into the news. And it's essentially pitting the maskers from the anti-maskers. And we're going to be listening to how he does this and really break down the persuasion that he does here in this episode, as well as getting to some secret new news about UFOs. So let's go ahead and take a listen to this first clip as he is talking about Fauci. Well, Anthony Fauci has demanded that you wear a mask. He wants you to back off from the people you know and love. He wants you to stop shaking hands. Not all of Dr. Fauci's advice comports with known science. Dave Portnoy, who runs Barstool Sports, asked the president recently about Anthony Fauci in an interview with the White House. Here's how it went. So Fauci is on my X list because every time he talks and says the companies, the country should stay inside, my yeah. stocks tank. So I don't like that aspect yeah. of it. Well, he'd like to see it closed up for a couple of years, but that's okay because I'm president. So I say, well, I appreciate your opinion. Now give me another opinion, somebody please. Overrule, yeah. So Fauci took a day off from giving advice to the powerful and lecturing the nation yesterday. He was busy throwing out the first pitch at the Nationals game, the baseball game in Washington. But once Dr. Fauci thought he was off camera, the mask came off literally. Want to see hypocrisy in action? Look at this. Here's Dr. Fauci sitting within six feet of other people in a mostly empty stadium without wearing his mask. Ooh. Well, he was immediately called on this, but rather than copping to it and being honest, he acted like so many people in power do and scorned anyone criticizing him. Watch. I think this is sort of mischievous with this thing going around. I had my mask around my chin. I had taken it down. I was totally dehydrated and I was drinking water, trying to re rehydrate myself. And by the way, I was negative COVID literally the day before. So I guess people want to make a big of that. I wear a mask all the time when I'm outside to pull it down, to take some sips of water and put it back up again. Uh, I guess if people want to make something about that, they can. Oh, if people want to make a thing of it, if people want to make a fetish of masks, people are worried about COVID. Lighten up, America. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. You're Dr. Anthony Fauci. 
You're one of the reasons our economy is ground to a halt. You're one of the reasons that people are as unhappy as they've ever been. Were you just four minutes ago lecturing us about how we're immoral if we don't wear masks? But when you do it, it's totally cool because you've got good excuses. You were thirsty. No, you were laughing with your friends. We bet that Dr. Fauci won't have to pay the $1,000 fine that the District of Columbia is now imposing on citizens who don't wear masks in public. Here's the mayor of Washington, air quotes are on that word, Muriel Bowser, announcing the policy. Watch. I am also today uh, signing a new mayor's order on mask. Uh, and basically what it says is if you leave home, you should wear a mask. This means if you're waiting for a bus, um, you must have on a mask. If you are ordering food at a restaurant, you must have on a mask. If you're sitting in a cubicle in an open office, you must have on a mask. Until the day Joe Biden wins the presidential election, you, Mr. and Mrs. America, must wear masks. Unless, of course, you're the people who wrote the mask ordinance in D.C., the politicians, they exempted themselves. Oh, because they've suspended the rules of science because they're in power and you're not. So shut up and obey until Biden wins. That's the rule. Masks for thee, but not for me. And now before we get to breaking down that clip right there, we want to ask you all to head on over to subliminallycorrect.com. In the top right corner, you can click on the support us tab. And that takes you to our Patreon where you can support us with just a couple of bucks a month to help us stay on the air, help bring this great content to you every single week. It's a great way to show your support and let us know that you're listening and you really care about this show. So now we're going to get to breaking down this particular moment here on Tucker Carlson's show. Well, this is just such an interesting um, and well-run moment, of course. You know, Tucker Carlson is that Fox News primetime host, and he's really has a little bit of a combative stance, I think, towards, you know, Democrats and their policies. And one of their latest targets now is Anthony Fauci. So we hear him starting to go after, you know, maybe you saw on the news this picture of Fauci at the um, Nationals game and he was had kind of temporarily brought the mask down onto his chin and then he was kind of sitting there and laughing with friends and of course the thing about photos is it captures a moment in time but it doesn't necessarily tell you what happened before and what happened afterward so of course this is something that Carlson is going to run a segment on and really you know uh, go go with it but notice how he does that um, he he phrases it in such a language way where Anthony Fauci has, quote, demanded that you wear a mask. So, you know, he's he's demanded that of you. He has, you know, insisted that he wants for you to back off from the people you know and love. He wants you to stop shaking hands. It's like what Carlson is doing here is taking everything you know and love and Fauci wants to take it away from you. And then he says this thing, which is really um, a persuasion tactic uh, that is often used. He says, not all of Dr. Fauci's advice comports with known science. Now, think about what he just said there. He's basically saying, well, not all. So he's saying if it's 99%, then that's also not all. So he's giving himself a license to point to some really specific thing that isn't comporting with known science and implying that it's a lot more. But literally, when he says not all, realize that 
we're in a range now talking about anywhere from like 1% all the way up to 99% of something that goes with known science. And then he uses these this fancy word, comports, to make himself sound more knowledgeable. And then he proceeds then to show this video. He just kind of says it really quickly, right? So when he says this thing about how you know not all of it comports with known science, what you expect to have happen then is that Carlson is going to show a video of some doctor, right? We're going to have some doctor who's going to say how Fauci's recommendations aren't true. They're going to break it down for us. They're going to let us know. But that's not who we get. We get Dave Portnoy who runs Barstool Sports and he's talking to President Trump in an interview about Fauci. And then he has this guy up there who's saying, you know, every time Fauci says that, my stocks tank, so I don't like that. (laughs) This is the logic. This is like, this is the thing of why Fauci's advice doesn't comport with known science. But realize that he didn't prove his point, but that idea, that suggestion still had gone in because he linked it to the next idea. This is something he says, and then he leads on to the next thing as if it is related, but it's not related. And so then he kind of ties it back in as if this guy talking with Trump about the stocks going down and about how you know Fauci really doesn't have the ability to tell the president what to do and how he can be overruled, how that somehow implies that Fauci is anti-science. Right. So notice all of the different threads that he's weaving in there, you know, talking about how and implying that Fauci then is someone who you can't trust. And so that's the first block of the pyramid in which he's building. And then he's going to stack some evidence onto that. And one of the big pieces of evidence is going to be he's going to show Fauci, Fauci there without a mask and imply, well, look, this guy's just a hypocrite. Everything he's been telling you up until now hasn't been true because that's that linkage word, right? This is a cause and effect because here he is and he's not following his own advice. Yeah, it's sort of like Taylor said here. He's building up this framing that I find really interesting. And it's this idea that you're miserable and other people aren't. And, you know, it's their fault. So we've got the statement at the beginning, like Taylor mentioned, you know, this is the guy that's, you know, telling you to back off the ones you love. And then later on, he says, you're one of the reasons people have been so unhappy. And then he goes into talking about how, you know, they've uh, suspended the rules of science because they're in power and you're not. So shut up and obey till Biden wins. And so, you know, what what it is here is it's sort of this us versus them mentality. You know, they're having fun. They're allowed to have fun and you're not. And they're the ones who are oppressing you because you can't have fun. You can't take your mask off, but they can. And so it sort of misses all of the nuance of sort of human nature and regulations and all of that sort of stuff. And he's able to reduce it to a, you know, a us versus them, fun versus misery, you know, loved ones versus, you know, isolation. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy how he's able to sort of build this narrative here 
linking different ideas and concepts in sort of a sequential way, but sort of using mirroring language with each one of uh, his statements about this that sort of keeps on reinforcing the same narrative. So, you know, he's really skilled at this sort of persuasion, and that's why we're doing this episode today. Yeah, and the part about this that I really like is where he is linking it now to Joe Biden. You know, until the day Joe Biden wins the presidential election, you, Mr. and Mrs. America, must wear masks. So what he's implying is that, you know, Democrats are doing this just to hurt Trump personally. And there is this moment there where Fauci, he's got this picture of Fauci at a news conference and Fauci is like calling on someone. So he has his arm extended out like he's pointing to someone to call on them. But the angle of his arm is such that they froze the picture in place and it makes it look like Fauci is at the White House doing a Nazi salute, right? So this is just the type of misinformation that is, you know, being done here. Um, But again, persuading down to that very basic mentality, just like Alex mentioned there. Now, in this next clip, we're going to be listening to another segment he's doing. This one is on a report, actually, that came out of the New York Times that the Navy, um, I believe it is, is releasing some information on uh, some previously classified information on UFOs, on unidentified flying uh, objects. And, of course, the people who are releasing it are going to have one thing to think about. But let's hear how Tucker Carlson frames it. Let's get to that clip now. How much of the media have mocked the existence of unidentified flying objects? The U.S. Pentagon has been studying this subject for quite a long time and apparently will soon release some of its findings, which remain classified. According to a new report in The New York Times, the U.S. government may have physical evidence of, and we're quoting, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Huh. The government has also released footage of UFO sightings, including a 2004 encounter recorded from an advanced Navy fighter jet. Commander David Fravor is a retired naval aviator who once saw something he could not explain that science can't explain. We're honored to have him on tonight. Mr. Fravor, thanks so much for coming on. So tell us if you think this is being misinterpreted. According to The New York Times, the U.S. government has physical evidence of some sort of vehicle made not on this earth. Is it what it sounds like? Well, that sounds that way to me, Tucker. I just, uh, you know, I never want to speculate what the government truly has, but uh, I would say there's stuff out there. I mean, uh, the four of us that chased the the Tic Tac in 2004 will have attested to it multiple times that what we saw exceeded anything that we had in our inventory, far superior to the airplanes that we were flying in at the time they were brand new. So... I would say, yes, there's something out there, and hopefully the government does have stuff. So when we spoke before about this, and you suggested that the object you saw that you chased, the Tic Tac, behaved mm-hmm. in ways that challenged your understanding of, of aeronautics, of physics, and that you didn't think it was likely that that object was, belonged to a foreign military. Um, do you think the U.S. government has concluded that this is not Russia, China, or some other country? I'm pretty sure of that, that, uh, you know, just by some of the phone calls that we've gotten, some of the people that we have talked to in the government, that they are unaware of what this is. And I think that ties directly with the East Coast sighting with the gimbal video. And I'd be willing to say, just uh, because I'm in contact with a lot of these people, that there are more incidents that are starting to come out 
that people are starting to report inside the government channels of things that they've seen. And I think you're seeing it from people in the past because it always had that taboo to come out and talk about these things. You're now finding people from the past that are saying, hey, I saw this. I just was never told to report it. Or when I did, I was told not to say anything. Yes. So I, th- I think since 2017, the world is starting to change because of the publicity because of the attention of the Senate and the Congress, because of people like Marco Rubio and the Intel Committee of telling the, the uh, DOD, hey, I want to report. I think you're starting to see more and more of that. And I would say if, if, if the government does have stuff, and I don't know what they have, but if they do, I would think that, you know, there's probably stuff. Vigo Roswell was 73 years ago. If something did happen, because there's a lot of speculation that there was something other than a weather balloon, where's all that at? Yeah. I mean, if just, just by odds, something would be here. So uh, that raises the question, why all the secrecy? I mean, clearly the U.S. government has lied to the public for maybe 73 years. Why do you think? Uh, well, you know, if we go back to like Project Blue Book and go, you know, it was done. It really did two things. One, it investigated occurrences and sightings that people saw. The other one was it primarily was sent to out to debunk, to prove that it wasn't or to make excuses of why it wasn't. I don't know why. I think some of it was trying to capture that technology. But if something lands in your front yard, there's no reason to deny that it existed or, right. you know, or for the government to cover it up. Because, you know, if it's not collected by some means that's going to question our national security or our defense or our offensive or defensive capabilities, then why would you hide it? I, 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 that just baffles me. Just like our incident. Why wasn't it thoroughly investigated at the time? Wow. And so we've got Tucker Carlson and this retired Air Force guy. Uh, And so we've got Tucker Carlson and this retired Navy pilot, David Fravor, to talk about UFOs in the middle of an hour evening news show. And so he's talking about sort of the the government cover-up and sort of building into this narrative of the government secrecy and control and how people are just being silenced and the way that this is all set up is you know again to to sort of you know stoke the the far and the way that this is all set up is to sort of stoke the conspiracy theorist within the listener the people who you know want to believe and want to think that the government is trying to shut these things down because it all plays into Tucker Carlson's larger narrative of sort of the theme of his show is that you know the deep state and these unknown forces within the government are trying to shut down the truth and persecute innocent, you know, red-blooded Americans. And so this is another moment for him to do that. And the way that he does that is by asking some very interesting leading questions. Um, One of my favorites here is, you know, do you think the U.S. government has concluded that, you know, it's not Russia, China, or some other country? And the guy responds, I'm pretty sure of that. And, (laughs) you know, the thing here is that they're speculating You know, he's presented as some sort of an expert, but he's just a retired Navy pilot who thought he saw something one day. Um, But now he's an expert on the internal workings of the U.S. government. And Tucker Carlson is sort of allowing him to fill the role of an expert without examining any of his credentials. And so he asks at the end, you know, why the secrecy? Clearly, the U.S. government lied to the public for 73 years. 
Why do you think? And so this is a presupposition. He uses, you know, clearly the U.S. government has lied to the public for 73 years and then asks why. And so, you know, it, it's, it's almost like before any of this conversation happens, you know, this is this is taken to be a fact. This is something that, you know, everyone knows is true. And now here's this expert to talk about it even further about how true it is and sort of builds that momentum to the argument and then sort of uh, gets to the, the near the end there and sort of asks the expert to sum it all up to build that conspiracy, put the bow on top there of, you know, why the government is out there. And what does he respond? He just agrees and provides that social proof that, you know, Tucker's ideas are legitimate, but that doesn't make them true at all. This whole, this whole section is nothing but speculation and rumor and conjecture and, uh, you know, it's presented as this rock solid fact of giant government conspiracy. Yeah, what they're doing is taking something that uh, so there was a UFO. There was an article about uh, how the the UFO unit. OK, the New York Times, you know, of all publications had wrote this art, written this article about this UFO unit that, you know, while, you know, some had thought it was disbanded, has now begun to reveal its secrets. And, you know, the New York Times is really doing about the same thing here, which is that playing off of this idea of secrets, right? There are government mysteries and secrets. I mean, this is a Netflix special, right? It's like... They're the government secrets that you didn't know about, you know, but let me tell you about all of the things that are under the radar, you know, that actually are going on and that the, you know, um, Illuminati conspiracy is making happen, you know, right below your front door. And it's it's a way where people who are already inclined to believe these types of things can step into it and go, I knew it. And now I have proof. Okay, and what what is the proof though that they actually have? Well, we're listening here to this retired Navy guy, and he's talking about how first of all he says, you know, I don't, I never want to speculate what the government truly has. So then we kind of relax a bit, and we go, okay, he's not going to speculate. But then he said, there's stuff out there. <laughs> now, what stuff is that exactly? He just keeps using this word stuff. You know, I don't I don't want to speculate, but if they have stuff, what is the stuff that he's talking about? He just keeps talking about the stuff that's out there. Now, here's what the article actually says. Okay, the article, you know, cites so you heard Tucker Carlson there talking about Marco Rubio. Well, Marco Rubio actually has said in this article that he really is concerned about these things that are happening over over military bases. And what this team is looking for is basically not UFOs meaning aliens, but UFOs meaning other technology from, from other foreign countries, you know, that might actually be not showing up on uh, the standard systems that the military has in place. That's what they're looking for. And that's what the article talks about. But, you know, you take what the article actually says and then you expand it out and you make it into this other big thing and he uses this word like 
Um, you know, that raises the question, why the secrecy? Wait, what raises the question? Okay, that raises the question. What is it that raises this question? He has he's trying to build this premise, 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 conclusion idea, but the premises have to support the conclusion and they don't. You know, that's not what's what's happening. And then there's that moment where the naval aviator is talking about the odds. He says, just by odds, something would be here. And he's just demonstrating his misunderstanding of what odds actually are, which kind of makes me want to distrust him a little bit more. So we're hearing here how they're able to take this one issue and just be able to blow it out of proportion to take one fact and to inductively magnify it and make it seem bigger than it actually is and to spark the listener's curiosity. It's like you're looking into a dark room you don't know what's there. And so when someone suggests ideas to you about what could be there, well, you start to think, hmm, maybe they're right. Maybe that could be there. Maybe that is what's there. You know, maybe the things they're describing are actually real. Maybe, and especially if they're inclined to already not believe the government, maybe this is what all of my hard-earned tax dollars, you know, that I've been paying in for all these years, maybe that's where it's going. Wouldn't that be cool? Couldn't I talk with my friends about that over a beer? But of course, the truth is somewhere in the middle, as we always are going to find. Now, in this next clip, we're going to be revisiting an old story that Tucker really hasn't let go. And this one is all about that young man years ago who stood with a smug face while a Native American man was singing in his face on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and it caused quite a stir at the time, but conservatives really got angry. And so this is the moment where Tucker finally gets his justice. Well, every day, a small group of highly privileged people seem to get more powerful and increase the crackdown on the country. But occasionally there are reversals of fortune that we want to call attention to. Today was a day like that. The Washington Post has settled a quarter billion dollar defamation suit brought by Nicholas Sandman. He's the high school kid from Covington Catholic in Kentucky. He was vilified by the media, you'll remember. They selectively edited a video of him. They made it sound like he was harassing an American Indian man. In fact, the full video showed the exact opposite of that. We reached out to the Washington Post today, its media reporter, Eric Wempel, and we asked him to come on and explain the Washington Post's role in this. He was, of course, too cowardly to do that. Loathsome. But it wasn't just the Washington Post, by the way, that attacked these kids for the crime of, we're not sure what the crime was. Here was Don Lamont over on CNN describing the encounter. The MAGA hat carries a certain connotation that provokes a conditioned reaction from many people, especially from marginalized people. Got that? So international TV star Don Lamont wants you to know that if someone disagrees with his politics, you're allowed to harass them. Maybe even beat them up. Who knows? Salmon sued for that, too, and CNN settled a $275 million case earlier this year. But it would be a mistake to say it was just the Washington Post and just CNN. It was NBC, too. Do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault? We looked at that video and thought about how it felt from the, the other's perspective. In other words, there were a lot of you 
a handful of the others. There's something aggressive about standing there. Every single day, these people bully Americans, yell at them, berate them, attack them, force them from their jobs. The country's cowering in silence thanks to people like this, but occasionally somebody fights back, and even more occasionally someone fights back and wins. And that's what Nicholas Salmon did today. And this is such an amazing clip here where Tucker Carlson is talking about that news story of the Sandman, they call him. Nice name for that man and their young group there. They were all wearing the MAGA hats, and as they were going down, they, of course, came uh, cross with the Native American man who was, you know, doing the drumming. And it seemed like that there was one particular perception. Of course, the Washington Post ran a story on it, um, and apparently saw several other outlets, you know, picked up on that. And then, of course, uh, what happened was is that the young man's parents actually sued the Washington Post and. You know, any big paper doesn't really want to get into something like this. And so probably they settled it out of court for some, you know, some reason. And then, of course, now this has become a big thing of you better fight back, you know, against the liberals. Because if you think about this idea that what they're saying is, hey, our culture is being attacked. The reason that he was being singled out is that he was wearing a MAGA hat. And he was expressing his freedom, he was using his freedom of speech to be able to express his beliefs and what was really important to him. But of course, he wasn't allowed to do that because the liberal news, you know, got a hold of it and really criticized him pretty much just for the fact of having that hat on. And so all of us who believe in what Donald Trump is doing and what he stands for, well, we're going to recognize that this was a moment of victory for us because actually the courts, the courts still care about what we have to say and we're actually in the right here. And again, not just about this, but about so many other things. There's this generalization that goes through with all of Tucker Carlson's clips. And we hear, as he's talking about this, he he says things like, the extended version of the video showed the exact opposite. So what you thought was happening was this, but actually, again, this is the secrets theme, right? Like, actually, what you didn't know, the cover-up was behind the scenes, that's what was really going on. We knew it all the time in our hearts and minds, but actually, now we know for sure because we've seen the video. So think about how he's reinforcing those internal beliefs that some people might have that, oh, the media and the news is out to get them and they never tell the truth and they are you know, not just having a slant or a um, particular bias in one direction, but they are completely untrue and they're just saying things that are completely made up and, well, the lawsuit just proves that. And he has this... Um, you know, moment here where he just, he keeps, this is one of his recurring bits where he talks about Don Lemon and he, he calls him Don Lemon, you know, this, this French thing, you know, like Stephen Colbert instead of Colbert, you know, that, that type of type of thing that he, uh, he does. So all in all, we hear him describing and reinforcing that core theme of we're attacked. This is why we're attacked. People don't like our beliefs, but the truth is if you're believing something that you really believe is true, well, you must be right. And eventually, if you fight back hard enough, you're going to be able to get your day in court as well. 
Yeah, it's so funny the way that he calls Don Lemon Don Lemon. Uh, you know, I kind of think it's racist because it almost sounds like it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is a little bit. Yeah, uh, and it's it's weird that he does that because he brings up Don Lemon in that way, and the clip that he plays of Don Lemon says that you know Don Lemon says the MAGA hat just creates a conditional reaction in some people. That's the clip, and Tucker cuts away, and he says. So let me get this straight. That means that by wearing a hat, that gives you permission to harass, to maybe even beat up. Who knows? And it's almost like this like leap in logic followed by a slippery slope into uh, beating up just from, you know, having a conditional, a conditioned reaction. And so that's kind of uh, one way that Tucker sort of he, he takes clips of the media that maybe somebody doesn't have enough time to really listen to and critically analyze or maybe pulls them out of context. So you don't see the whole discussion. And then he builds this straw man argument out of it, followed by slippery slopes and leaps in logic. He's arguing against people who can't engage. And so that's what we really get here in this moment. And it's a great way that, you know, Tucker Carlson every single night pulls clips from other media channels just to sort of um, attack them. And getting to that sort of is that, you know, he talks about every single day, these people being apparently the media bully Americans, berate them, attack them. But you see what he's doing here. First, who's being attacked? Now, yeah, so Americans might be attacked by the press, sure. But who's he attacking right now? And who's he berating right now? Is the media not, are they not Americans? And, you know, his his way of attacking them, how is that really any different than putting, you know, we've got regular Americans, quote unquote, out in the world. Uh, and then we've got Don Lemon who Tucker Carlson is attacking right now. So that was really interesting. And then there is this um, this cadence that he used. So he's he's trying to build this narrative that, you know, the media is just going after these people. And so he says, you know, but it wasn't just this. It wasn't just John Lemon on CNN. And he goes into that clip. And then he is, but it would be a mistake to say that it was just them. It was also this. And so he goes into this whole thing. But then at the end, he's like, and then it was this other thing, too, that happened on this other show. And, you know, he he takes these things one by one by one and uh, sort of uh, builds this, this narrative of oppression. Uh, and it culminates, of course, with his whole thing about how, you know, every day these poor Americans are just being downtrodden by the evil media the whole country is cowering in silence but occasionally someone fights back it's almost like a, someone rises like a up. movie it totally is it's it's like he's he's stacking he's stacking this idea of like how outraged should you be with that that uh language pattern and the cadence that alex was just mentioning there where he's talking about you know you might have just thought that it was the washington post Right. So that would make you a little bit outraged. But actually, it was also CNN. Right. 
Oh, and if you thought you were outraged by that, nope. It was also NBC. So it's like, you know, he he starts to have this like, oh, well, you th- this is how angry you should be about this. And so every time he mentions another name, it's like, well, now you should be even angrier. So it's, it's just interesting how he does that. So, all right, everyone, I think that's all the time that we've got for today. Thanks for tuning in this week. We will uh, see you next week. But before we do, remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can tweet at us. That's at SubliminalPod, as well as rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Remember the proper amount of stars, five stars there on iTunes. Give us your feedback here through the show. You can uh, let us know about what you'd like to see on the show. And remember to support the show. That's at our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes as well as on our website. Clicking that support us tab. And we will see you again next week.